Guys and gals and non-binary pals, welcome to the first episode of the Two Fun 21 Nerdcast. Everything nerdy is on the table, and we're going to talk about whatever the hell we feel like. With me today is my significant other, the love of my life, my one and only, the beautiful, amazing, intelligent, and funny Heather Malone. Say hi to the people, Heather. Hello. So, I wanted you to come on and help me kind of kick this thing off. Who knows who's going to be with me from week to week, but I definitely wanted you to be my my first guest. Tell uh, tell everybody a little bit about what you do. You're uh, you're into the whole podcasting thing. You're uh, you're finding some success. T- tell me about that a little bit. Well, first of all, I want to thank you for having me first. It's unexpected, actually. I thought you would have your podcast buddies first, like maybe Tyler or Evan or. Ah, screw those guys. one of your nerdcore people because that's your people right so i'm heather josh and i have been together for 13 and a half years now about about 13 and a half years um the podcasting thing's really weird because i i i'm like an i'm an extrovert but i'm an extrovert with boundaries i can be extroverted for about eight hours and then I have to shut down and go, <laughs> go somewhere really quiet and drink wine. And I think, don't I think talk that's more than most people can muster. Or I can be an extrovert for about 15 like, I'm minutes. I'm super bouncy, right? I've right. always been that way. Jackie, who is my best friend and I are into this niche miniature world of model horses. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and to explain it, it's just like model trains, model cars, dollhouse miniatures it's all kind of that but for horses right Mm -hmm. and it initially started out as just one company and people collecting these models from this one company which is briar model horses and a lot of girls will know what i'm talking about when i say Mm -hmm. briar you know because that they're and they still are the premier model horse company in fact on the podcast you recorded earlier today which i'm sure you'll mention here in a couple minutes you mentioned your model horse podcast and immediately someone in chat spoke up. Oh, are you talking about like briars? Yes. Yeah. 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 Briars are a gateway drug <laughs> <laughs> or they're, they're a companion. They're an enhancer to real horses. Uh, for me, it was because I was an army brat and my parents would not let me have my own horse mm-hmm. because we moved every four, three years in it. And, at that time, like now leasing and lessons are a much more available thing. And I finally sure. started started doing, like I learned to ride in Germany when I was a little kid, but I never had my own. And so my surrogates were these plastic horses and, they're, and they're, they were super realistic. And, you know, boys had Star Wars figures or they had, I don't know what they had before <laughs> they had Star Wars figures because I'm older than that. I'm dating myself. but. My horses, my horse herd, my carpet herd, as we like mm-hmm. to call it, had intimate socio-political, uh, you know, relationships, and they had stories, and they had names, right. and they had pedigrees, which is breeding, right? Which is ancestry.com <laughs> for horses, and you know, it was just that was that was my thing when I was a kid. I didn't want baby dolls. I didn't want Barbie. I didn't want. On the other side, I didn't want boy toys either. Like, I just wanted horses. That's all I wanted. Give me horse books. Give me horse stuff. Mm-hmm. Give me horse anything. I, I don't care as long as it's horse. 
my mother will tell you I came out of the womb liking horses. <laughs> like my uncle Robert, who actually owned some quarter horses, finally, when I was four years old, sent a briar horse to me. That's how I got into it. Mm-hmm. He sent me um, a Western Prancer and that was it. That was mm-hmm. it. I was done. Sold. You know? <laughs> um, I will say that I gave it up for a bit when I was in college and high school. I was like, cause and this is a show we're going to go into on mirrors and black because we've, we've mm-hmm. really been working on, that's my podcast for model horses being socially, socially aware. We've talked through diversity and inclusion. Uh-huh. We've talked through classism. One of the things we haven't hit on, well, we've hit on it with the youth show because you know, we're trying to get youth more involved in the hobby right. is that being ashamed to be a horse girl and it's still a problem. Like, I'm mm-hmm. so shocked it's still a problem. Like, I would never really talk about all of our friends. Like, I remember being in junior high school when we were all riding real horses, right? And we mm-hmm. were showing. And, you know, 13, 14 years old. And we all had our briar herds. And we would talk about them all the time. But we'd have to talk in very hushed tones. Right. Because no one could know you were talking about toys, right? So, I mean, I think, you know, once I got older, I was like, F you, you know? <laughs> I like prior horses. Screw you. But I remember going through my early 20s, especially when I was like going the career track at a fairly right, serious right. set of companies that I've worked for that, you know, if I said I collect plastic horses, they'd be like, what? Like all these people like <laughs> that I work with are into hiking and having children and having salad parties and, mm-hmm. you know, talking about where they're going to get their MBA. And it's, you know. Here's my dog, Kyle, with his bandana. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's so I don't want to insult those people. One of my best friends is very into this type of lifestyle, but, but it's not for me. Right. Mm, and right. I feel like now that I'm, you know, past 50, I should be able to talk about what I like. Yeah. And I well, shouldn't be embarrassed about it. Like, I feel like. Go ahead. Because I have some thoughts on fantasy football, <laughs> and and oh, that's going to oh, be yeah. a whole nother track. So uh-huh. say what you want. So I, I think in the course of our lifetimes, we've seen that traditionally boy-oriented, nerdy things have hit the mainstream. It's now cool to talk about, you know, comic books. Yes. And it's cool to talk about yes. your your toy collection, and it's and all that stuff is mainstream. And, and the last maybe decade, I feel like we're starting to see some traditionally girl nerdy things become more mainstream. But it your Sailor Moon it, stuff, your your My Little yeah. Pony stuff, even though that's oh, mainstream for yeah. a weird reason. But but yeah. I think you're right. There's still like a stigma attached to horse girl. I mean so much so that you see you see like web comics about, you know yes. how how awkward it is to be a horse girl. So I I mean I think it's I think it's okay. So there's three problems we're talking about here, right? Right. We're talking about girls interests in general, not being taken seriously. Right. Right. Then we're taking girls interests that men find interesting and compounding and then becoming popular like bronies. Right. Right. Yep. And my little pony wouldn't have even been a blip on anybody else's radar. If adult men hadn't started going, Oh, I'm really into my little pony. And you know, (laughs) Uh, uh, uh. can i just say uh? <laughs> i i share your uh, uh. 
Yes. I mean, my my brother from another mother, Jared, is a brony, but he's not a gross brony, and they're gross bronies, but let's not go down that road. So uh, you're and, saying there's bronies and there's gronies. That's another show, I think. Okay. That's a, right. that's a lot to unpack. <laughs> uh, and thirdly, there's, uh, there's, and we've talked about this on my show, is the privilege involved mm-hmm. with horses. Sure. To actually own, ride, show, whatever you do with horses, you have to have a lot of money. Oh, sure. Even if you just take lessons, you mm-hmm. have to have money. And even collecting model horses, and in, in, if you're talking about people that are poor, when a horse costs 40 to $60, that's mm-hmm. a lot of money. That's a power bill, right? Right. So traditionally my hobby is not very welcoming and and it's not even welcoming to people that are Mm -hmm. like them. Right. When I moved into the actual, you know, let's meet other people from the hobby on the internet when the internet finally kind of burst open in the early nineties for people, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the snobbishness and the insensitivity towards people that didn't know as much as they did was, was unbelievable to me. I got my feelings hurt a lot. Now I toughed up, but I, I'm sure some people left over it. Like, I don't want any part of this, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think that any nerdy kind of hobby is going to have a certain level of gatekeeping, but, but you know, getting into horses has that extra level of like classism and, and, you know, and, and how much money do you have that equals how hard you get to play. I can honestly say that Lord of the Rings, which I read The Hobbit when I was a child, I probably read The Lord of the Rings the first time when I was 12 or 13, mm-hmm. when OneRing.net came online and, you know, it was this big meeting place for all these people that were into the, it was, it was an unbreakable wall of, of Tolkien snobs. Right. Uh, additionally, I... I'm also a big Whedon person and I host, I'm one of the co-hosts, there are four, for the Nevers podcast, which mm-hmm. um, I went to after I shut down our Nevers podcast because we just had hot time to do it, which I know you disagree with, um, <laughs> but we can get to, into that another show. Mm-hmm. I remember on Whedon-esque, which was the place mm-hmm. to go talk about. Joss Whedon, because the he would post for there. All things Whedon. Yeah. yeah, there was still, you know, there was still an outlandish amount of gatekeeping and, mm-hmm. you know, star star fucking. Can we cuss on here? Fuck there was yeah, a ton of cuss. there was a ton of star fucking. Right, oh, yeah. it was gross and wanking and all that mm-hmm. other stuff. Like, you know, so I know, and and I know from some of my friends that are into props, it's the same thing. So I think we're just talking about microcosm niche mm-hmm. collectors with problems that are universal, right? Mm-hmm. Jackie's brother is a is a reenactor, and they have the same issues. So really? for me to say it's the model horse hobby as a whole i I, possibly we have our own issues we're very Mm -hmm. female we're very white usually very educated more money than most sure Uh, upper middle class or better right yeah yeah. but to say that we that the infighting and the classism is only us is i've seen it everywhere everything i'm interested in positioning who they know, networking. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are always alignments between people that are big names in, you know, said hobby. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Well, like one, knows, one of the know. problems I always had with Weed Nest is that there were these these users on the board that had this kind of publicly perceived in to yes. like you know Weed's yes. inner circle, and whether or not those things were true, those people received kind of an inordinate amount of undeserved dick riding from a lot of the other users on the board. Well, I would define that as reverence, but you know, I, sure. I think it, it was unearned in a lot of cases. And I think that just like the model horse hobby, when you had people that had been in the hobby since its beginning and mm-hmm. they would shame people for coming on HeyNet, not knowing all the answers or making a mistake and saying something that wasn't true, they would just land on them like a, you know, a ton of bricks. And, and it was the same thing in Weedonesque. Yeah. Weedonesque, and I'm not, this is not about the moderators, right? right this is right, not right, about no. the moderators because I, for the most part, the moderators were really great, mm-hmm. but you'd have, you know, you're, and I'm not going to name names because <laughs> everybody knows <laughs> if they were there, who they were, uh-huh. but they just walk in the room and, you know, denigrate something somebody was saying or, you know, make this vast statement about this is what I think. And people just mm-hmm. pile on like, yeah, 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 yeah. And it was just like, you know, mm. it, it's just like any, it's kind of like Lord of the Flies. You know, yeah. you can you have to decide that you don't care what people think. Right? right. Just because your opinion. This is such a hard thing to define because I really have a problem with uninformed opinions or people that. That don't get what's going on. But at mm-hmm. the same time, you have to be allowed to express a different viewpoint with, without getting landed on like a ton of bricks. Right. You know, and and I and that's just fandom, I think. I mean, mm-hmm. if you look at what's going on with the Snyder Cut, this is this is. And Star Wars, absolutely mm-hmm. Star people brigading. Reviews. Yeah. Everywhere they can, like fanboys joining up and brigading reviews because they don't mm-hmm. like what's going on. And the Snyder fandom to me is the most toxic, right? Oh, yeah. And the, and the first people the thing people are going to say is, oh, because it's your Joss Whedon supporter and you're upset about Ray Fisher. This has nothing to do with Ray Fisher, right? Right. Ray Fisher, to me, I have shut my mouth about Ray Fisher because I wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And I believe victims. And if Ray Fisher comes with the goods, I will be right there by his side. 100%. Right. But yeah. Ray Fisher hasn't said anything. Nope. And he says he can't. And I'm not going to try anybody. Like Momoa mm-hmm. has stood behind him. That has mm-hmm. some weight for me. He tends to be a good guy. Right. Sure. Absolutely. But as far I'm going to wait till the investigation is over. Right. Yeah. And I'm not going to get out there on either side and just be like, I lock, stock, and barrel either agree with Wary Fisher or I don't. Right. So, but the Snyder Cut fandom is like, Snyder walks on water and this is going to be so much better, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. I'll tell you what, before this ever happened, Snyder's films for me don't work. Mm, they're yeah, they're terrible. They're just not- because it's in slow-mo doesn't mean it's good. I loved 300. Oh, sure. That was a fun I movie. Lo- I like, you know, you were with me when I stood up during 300 with, I think I was the only woman in the goddamn theater <laughs> and applauded <laughs> when, when, Le- when Lena, Lena Headey took it to that guy's junk. Took yeah. it to that guy's junk, man. I was like, yeah. And I watched all these incels turn around and look at me like, what? <laughs> so don't tell How me dare about you? Zack yeah. Snyder, right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, Watchmen, for me, some of it worked. Some of it was super gross. 
I was really disappointed in Sucker Punch. Sucker Punch. Because yeah. I was re- I really thought that was going to be great and mm-hmm. I thought it was beautiful. Oh yeah, the visuals were outstanding. But he you know, when Baby Doll does her thing and you just can't cut away and not show it. Yep. What? I was hoping Superman would be better than it was, but I'm a Christopher oh, you, Reeve. You and everybody, yeah. Superman person, right? Yep. And I, I to this day never seen the Brendan Ruth version. You didn't miss much. I mean, it was nice. I know I, I didn't. I feel like they tried to capture the spirit of the you know 1982 Superman, but it just didn't really work. I don't know. It was a it was a valiant effort, I think. I was just super, I'm super tired of destruction porn, for one thing. I'm super tired of, you know, we're going to save everybody by leveling a city. What kind of sense does that make? (laughs) I'm super tired of films that are so dark, I can't see what's going on. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I love, what's his name that did the Batman films, did Inception. Nolan. Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan. Nolan. I love his stuff, especially his early stuff. Yeah. but. I, I'm kind of you know, tired of the dark and gritty thing. Dark though. and gritty is fine to me. As it long has its is, place. Yeah. It doesn't need to be everything. Like, yeah, it's not a fucking genre. You know, dark yes, and gritty is you. not your personality. Exactly. Right? So, so yeah. Like, so, we get it. You're emo. Calm the fuck also, down. Also, I am fucking sick of Batman and the Joker. Isn't there anyone else to talk about? My God. The Joker's an incel. Can we stop talking about the Joker? <laughs> Christ. Batman had more enemies. Yep. He really did. Catwoman's much more interesting. But back to my material point is snobs are everywhere. Oh, yeah. So you talked about your, I'm going to call it your second podcast, uh, the Nevers podcast. Yes, and, you're well aware uh, of it. Of course, yep. Tell uh, tell our listeners, however, let's let's talk about the show. Like, why why does the Nevers podcast exist? You know, we had talked about we have talked about as long as we are together. If Joss mm-hmm. ever had another TV show, we were going to go for it and do a podcast, right? Right. Once right. podcasts were a thing, right? I don't think they were even a thing when we got together. No, thirteen years, people iPods, iPods were barely a thing when we got together. You bought me my first iPhone. Yeah, I know. 3GS. Yep. And I was shocked. I was like, what? No, my phone's fine. You bought me my first and only iPod. You're not an Apple person. Everyone should know uh, Josh is not, (laughs) like, he is a stone cold, I am not an Apple person. Nope, Android for life, baby. You, he went through one phase when... They couldn't make the note work. And he went mm. through like two or three series of her phones and he started to let up and be like, I might get an iPhone. And I was like, yeah, you I'm not going to do that. It, was a yeah, dark it would time. betray your horrible. <laughs> anyway, I, you know, back to what we were talking about. So, so, but J- Joss Whedon has a new show coming out is, is. Well, yeah. So that's what I was yet. getting to. So right. we said, if you ever did a new show, we would, we would cover it. And the minute, it hit that the nevers was coming out you know i talked to jackie who is mm-hmm. my my co-host on mares and black and you knew i knew you were in so oh, yeah, yeah let's yeah. do this right so we got seven episodes out over a year and a half or something like that i don't know the editing was a problem there mm-hmm. wasn't a lot of news there wasn't a lot of motivation on our parts right and i was just like i can't 
do this and do my show at the same time because I have to, I am on, you know, all four pistons or well, you were handling everything behind the scenes. You were doing all the content gathering. You were doing all the planning. Still am. You were doing, yeah. I mean, so, I mean, that's a time consuming thing. You don't have time to do that for two podcasts. It was exhausting me because I would get done with mirrors and black and I'd be like, I'm neglecting never's cast. Right. And you well, know, there's no feel, show you know, and there's no news, but then there was a competitor, right? Right. Right. That's yeah, what really exactly. pushed me. Like the never's cast. And they had a show out before us. Yep. And I was like, son of a bitch. Mm -hmm. Right. I thought I'd have more time. (laughs) So, so, you know, I was like, well, fruits. (laughs) (laughs) And then, then I start getting messaged on Twitter by their producer. Yep. And I don't know who the hell, I'm not sure I know who the hell he is still. Right. (laughs) But Matthew, who is the producer, starts messaging me. It's like, and conversationally, like, what are you doing? <laughs> what, what, what do you, what, you know, what's your vision? Blah, blah, blah. Hey you there, know, and- podcast lady. <laughs> he was great, actually. He was very yeah, generous. Yeah, Matt's a good and guy. He asked me to come on, and, you know, I said, sure. And he, he was really kind about our show and i was mm-hmm. just like i don't know what this dude's angle is seriously <laughs> and i said this on their show i was like because my absolute attitude with competition is we're gonna crush them right, right? and yep. that was not his way at all he was like let's collaborate right let's you know i really love your show blah mm-hmm. blah so you know i kind of readjusted my you know, kill them all Irish girl <laughs> attitude. Received the sword. Went on the show, met Tyg, met Kelly, met Gina. You know, Tyg's amazing. Kelly's, mm-hmm. <sighs> Kelly's so smart and I just want her eyebrows. And <laughs> so finally, when I decided to fold Devers cast to make a long story short, just over time demands and all that kind of stuff, Matthew asked me to come to the show and, yeah. I, and I did. So mm-hmm. now I'm, I'm the fourth co-host. Like, they had a guy drop out and they were going to replace him with a guy, another mm-hmm. guy, because he wanted two girls and two guys. Right. And he was like, nope, I'll take you. So, <laughs> what I didn't know until this week, this is super interesting, is when he went to do the podcast, he put a call out on Facebook because they had the Nevers page up and I never, it never, I never clocked it. We right. had the Nevers cast page up. I, because I grabbed all our domains as soon as I knew. Yeah. And they'd had that up for a while and he, he asked for people to volunteer to do the podcast and they got 50 applicants. Holy shit. Right? I was like, Oh shit. You never would have hired me off the street. There's no way, no way. But yeah, so, so I do that. I help him produce episodes. Sometimes we're trying to develop the Patreon for that. Matt has a lot of contacts within the weed verse. Right. Lexicon, we've gotten some fairly important interviews with Tamo Pinnacott, De- um, Dennis O'Hare. Mm-hmm. At one point, I know Joss was supposed to do um, our one-year anniversary, uh, do a voiceover for it, but that didn't, mm-hmm. for obvious reasons. Um, so, you know. <laughs> Joss is keeping his head down right now. 
Oh my God, that poor man. Like, yeah. why, why does Michael Bay get away with his behavior and Joss doesn't? Like, not that it's okay either way. But right, right, right. It's just such, you know, I, I mean, I guess it's the feminist cred, right? Like, he's getting crucified for that. <laughs> I'm so over it. Like, people are human. Like, today I found out Gina Carano is a total asshole and I'm so upset, right? Yep. And it took 15 seconds of me posting something about it for some white knight to ride into the thread to her defense. And- I, you know, I, I, I would have hoped Gina would have taken at least the high road and just shut her mouth and been like, I want to be an inspiration to little girls mm-hmm. to be strong. Yep. You know, I had her up there with like Buffy and, and, you know, Michelle Rodriguez, who was amazing for the oh, most yeah. part. And, and, you know, these, these tough women that can be feminine and, and be whoever they want. Right. But still be strong. And, yep. you know, she's. But, you know, we, you never know where it's going to come from. Look at Joe Rowling. That totally blew my mind. The the writer of Harry Potter's, oh, you yeah. know, transphobic. And yeah, she's a mess. I don't even, I don't even, you know, I know we're getting close to the end, but I don't even know what she's arguing about. Like, I do not understand TERFs. What are they worried about? That, are they worried, like, <laughs> drag queens are going to take over the universe? Or, like, trans men are going to win all the female competition or trans women. I'm not sure how I don't, I don't get it. I don't, I don't understand uh, like, it. Turfs, I don't understand I don't, the nature like, of the I need hate. to take a class. It. Yeah. Cause I understand that it's a problem, but I really yeah. don't know what these people are upset about. Right. That like being Joe Rowling and her crew that like, if you don't have a vagina, you don't matter. Like mm-hmm. what, what, what? Yep. What about you, honey? <sighs> why, why are you having this podcast? Uh, because I have too much free time and, uh, I'm a narcissist and I like to hear myself talk. And, uh, also to be perfectly honest, the, the kind of the whole thing I want to do here is just bring on my friends and bring on other people that I work with and respect that I want to talk about nerdy shit with because we've been in quarantine for way too fucking long and I miss faces and I miss voices and, uh, you know, I figure if I'm going to spend time doing this, I might as well try to entertain some people with it. So here we are. That's it. Well, I think that's beautiful, man. <laughs> Double rainbow. Double rainbow all the way. I've done all the talking, though. Uh, yeah, you were, uh, you, you pretty much carried it. Yeah. Good job. Well. Made my so first episode I, really easy. Can I ask you a question? Sure. Go for it. Shoot. You ask me anything you want, since I'm the editor, I can, you know. Oh, no, I know. I can make myself look really good. Like, I just want to know why you wanted me first. Because you are the person in the world that I feel the most comfortable talking to. And you are the person in the world whose opinion I respect above pretty much everybody else. So it made sense that you're such a big part of my life that you come on and help me kick this thing off. and. You're a talker and you're a podcaster. Oh my god! So it just made sense that you would be a great guest. And I talk were. way too much. Nah, you talk like podcasts are the best thing that ever happened to me. All right, we got to wrap this light. My my ring, my little clamp on ring lights are are dying, and I'm oh, starting we, to look, we we killed know? a battery. Oh no! I'm starting to look like a vampire. Well, thank you. Did you did you get out what you wanted to get out of me? Yeah, yeah, I think we did. All right. And we, uh, you will definitely be back again because uh, we got so much more to talk about. There's not a lot you can cover in a half-hour podcast, nope. but that's good. I like small bites. 
Small bites in many of them. Exactly. I love you. I love you too. Thanks for coming on my, my fancy new show. You're so welcome. Thank you guys for tuning in to uh, episode one of the Two Ton Nerdcast. Uh, tune in next time. We're going to have uh, somebody awesome. I have a whole lineup of people that you're going to want to hear from and hear about. And uh, thanks it. that's it. Thanks for tuning in. Hello.